Military life can feel overwhelming, especially during deployment seasons. At Team Pillar, we believe that a little peace of mind can go a long way. That's why we're proud that the 2021 Pillar Retreat Playback is sponsored by USAA Life Insurance Company and USAA Life Insurance Company of New York. USAA Life facilitates members' financial security through a range of products and services, including life insurance policies with several benefits specialized for military families at no additional cost. Because wondering about your family's financial future doesn't need to be on your deployment to-do list. You can learn more about USAA Life Insurance Company and USAA Life Insurance Company of New York at usaa.com pillar. Hi everyone, my name is Taya Pitson and I'm so excited that Joanna and Becky invited me to speak to all of you today about your rights under FMLA for deployments. I hope the information that I give you today will be helpful um, and that you'll be able to use it maybe in this or a future deployment or even to pass the information along to a friend or someone else who might be able to use it. Um, a really quick introduction, as I said, my name is Taya Pitson. I'm an attorney. I'm licensed in four jurisdictions, Georgia, Florida, Virginia, and DC. As you might have guessed, I have so many licenses because I'm also a military spouse. My husband is active duty Navy, um, so I've had to take bar exams and get relicensed as we've moved around um, over the last 11 years. We've been married 11 years. Uh, he's actually deployed right now, so when Joanna reached out to me about speaking for Pillar this year, it just felt like a particularly appropriate year to do so and to be able to share um, some information on this topic with all of you. Uh, we're currently stationed in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm in private practice with a law firm here called Goodman Allen Donnelly. I've been with them for about five years. Um, started out as an associate here in 2016, which is shortly after we moved to the area and was promoted to a principal a few years ago. In addition to my work as an attorney, I'm a mom of two kids. I've got a daughter going into second grade, which is crazy, um, and a son who's almost two years old. I'm also an ombudsman for my husband's Navy command, so I, I tend to keep busy. Um, now that you know a little bit about me, I wanna move on to the topic of my presentation, which is FMLA for deployments. Before we get started, because I'm an attorney, I need to offer a quick word of caution. Um, this presentation is intended to give you an overview of your rights under the FMLA, which is federal law. Uh, this presentation is not legal advice and shouldn't take the place of consulting with an attorney licensed in the state where you live and or work if you've got questions about your particular circumstance. In employment-related questions, including issues about taking leave, like we're going to talk about a little bit today, there are often state laws that may afford you additional or different rights than what we're going to talk about today. So it really is important to research those things and uh, may be helpful to reach out to an attorney who's licensed in your particular state on those issues. It's also important to be familiar with your employer's particular leave policies. So make sure you have read any employee handbook, that you've reached out to HR, that you're aware of sort of any leave policies your employer might have that might kind of go hand in hand with what the law entitles you to. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, I want to start by saying don't feel bad if you had no idea that FMLA applied in deployment situations or military specific situations at all. I find that lots of people have no idea about this. In fact, I find that lots of attorneys I talk to have no idea about this. So 
You're certainly not alone if this is the first you've ever heard of FMLA and deployment situations. What you probably have heard of at some point is FMLA itself, which stands for the Family and Medical Leave Act. Really broadly speaking, FMLA entitles eligible employees to take up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave in any 12-month period for certain qualifying reasons. So that includes things like the birth or adoption of a child, um, taking care of a spouse or child or parent with a serious health condition, or the employee's your own health condition that prevents you from being able to perform some essential duty of your job. So a lot of times, for example, you might have heard of it if there are companies that don't have specific family leave provisions for when a child is born, um, the employee may take FMLA leave for up to 12 weeks in that situation. So while FMLA has been around since 1993, the military family leave provisions were only added in 2008. So they're a good bit newer than the law itself, which is probably why a lot of people are much less familiar with it. The military family leave provisions allow eligible employees of covered employers to take FMLA for what's called any qualifying exigency arising from the foreign deployment of the employee's spouse, child, or parent, um, or to care for, which I'm going to briefly mention, to care for a service member um, with a serious injury or illness under certain situations, but that's really separate from the deployment piece of it that we're talking about. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. First of all, to be eligible for FMLA at all, whether we're talking about the military leave provisions or just you know the regular FMLA that you may have heard about, you have to work for a covered employer. Generally speaking, um, that's private employers with at least 50 employee employees. Those are covered by FMLA. So if your employer has less than 50 employees, they are not covered by FMLA and you are not eligible for any FMLA leave. However, there may be state laws that come into play as well. So this is one of those situations where you may want to speak to an attorney in your state if you've got a situation that you know you feel like you're going to need some leave for, because there may be laws other than FMLA that your employer is covered by. Um, government agencies and elementary and secondary schools are covered by FMLA regardless of size. So even with less than 50 employees, those are covered. Okay, assuming your employer is a covered employer, you also have to be an eligible employee. So that means you have to have worked for your employer for at least 12 months. You've been there at least a year. Um, you have to have at least 1,250 hours of service in the 12 months right before you take the leave. Um, and you need to work at a location where your employer has at least 50 employees within 75 miles of your workspace. Okay, so the next thing I said is assuming all that's true, you can take FMLA for a qualifying exigency. So what does that mean? Um, first of all, these all typically apply if the military member is your spouse, your child, or your parent, because we're talking about military spouses here. I'm just going to start saying spouse, um, but you can, you can keep in mind that it also applies for the military member's child or parent. So qualifying exigencies can happen when your spouse is on covered active duty or has been notified of an impending call or order to covered active duty. This does include members of the armed forces, also includes National Guard and Reserve components. Um, essentially here we're talking about a foreign deployment. So covered active duty is deployment to a foreign country um, in a reserve setting. It's, it's duty during deployment to a foreign country under a call or order to active duty status in a contingency operation. Um, and importantly, foreign country means somewhere outside the U.S., outside of U.S. territories and possessions. 
Um, it does include deployment to international waters. So Navy families like me will probably be interested to know. Okay, so international waters on a ship uh, does qualify, but it does not include, for example, if your spouse is somewhere else in the United States or is in a U.S. territory somewhere, even if you're separated for a really long time. We're talking about foreign deployments here. Assuming all these things apply, um, I still haven't told you exactly what a qualifying exigency is. So I'm going to run through those real quickly here. There's essentially nine broad categories. Um, the first is issues arising from a short notice deployment, which is deployment with seven days notice or less. So for in that situation, for up to seven days from the date your spouse learns of the deployment, you can take qualifying exigency leave to address essentially any issue that arises out of that short notice deployment. You can also take the second big category of this FMLA leave. You can take leave for attending military events and related activities. This can be things like um, official ceremonies, uh, family readiness briefings, any family support or assistance programs that are sponsored by the military or the Red Cross or something like that um, relating to the deployment. Okay, so the next big category and one that people tend to be interested in is childcare and related activities. So this can include um, arranging for alternative childcare, providing childcare on a non-routine, urgent, immediate need basis, and enrolling or transferring a child to a different school or daycare. You do not have to be personally related to the child, but the military member needs to be your spouse um, and the child needs to be the military member's child. So for example, this would apply to a stepchild. So, you're the spouse of the military member, the child is the child of the military member. It does apply even if you're not the parent of the child. An important note here, this does allow you to take leave to make child care arrangements. It does not allow you to take leave to become the primary caregiver. So you can't take FMLA just to be the child care provider essentially during deployment. You can take it to um, do that on sort of a short-term, immediate need basis if that arises out of the deployment and to make child care arrangements. Next big category is certain activities relating to care for the military member's parent if they're unable to care for themselves. Um, things like, again, arranging alternative care, enrolling or transferring them to a different care facility, meetings with staff at care facilities, things like that. Um, next big category is making legal and financial arrangements. So um, in preparation for the military member's absence. So things like getting those powers of attorney, financial and healthcare powers of attorney ahead of a deployment, um, enrolling in DEERS if that's something you need to take care of, getting military ID cards if that's something you need to take care of. So all those things you need to do to get ready for their absence. That's another thing you can use this leave for. Um, another big category is attending counseling. Um, it needs to be counseling not provided by a healthcare provider, and it does need to arise out of the deployment. Um, can be for you to attend counseling, can be for the military member's child, so that's an option that's there. You can also take, next big category, up to 15 calendar days of leave to spend time with a military member if they're on short-term temporary R&R during deployment. So for a longer deployment where that may come into play, um, it's been not happening quite so much during the pandemic, but hopefully we'll get back to when that's happening more. Um, you do have to take that during their R&R, so it's specifically for you to spend time with them, up to 15 days. Next big category is certain post-deployment activities. So that's within 90 days of them coming home from deployment. 
It can be things like attending um, arrival ceremonies, that should be homecoming ceremonies, um, reintegration briefings, things like that. Anything sort of official sponsored by the military arising out of deployment. Um, in the unfortunate event of a service member death, it does include things arising um, out of their death as well, um, would include things relating to the funeral. So this leave is available in that situation as well. And the next big category, which is super broad, is any other event that the employee and employer agree is a qualifying exigency. So this is a situation where it's really good to be in communication with your employer, try to foster a good, a good relationship there with your HR, whoever's going to be dealing with this. Because basically, if you've got something that comes up relating to deployment and they agree with you that it's a qualifying exigency, they can approve you for FMLA leave. Just like regular FMLA, uh, for lack of a better word, this gives you up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave. If you have health insurance through your employer, they have to continue it. When you come back, your employer has to return you to either the same job you left or one that's nearly identical. So things like the pay has to be the same. The benefits have to be the same. The job has to involve the same or substantially similar duties, responsibilities, and status. So the FMLA leave itself is unpaid, but it protects your job for you when you're ready to come back. Um, really briefly, I said I would mention there's also such a thing as military caregiver leave under FMLA. That allows you to take up to 26 weeks of unpaid leave within a 12-month period. So Military family leave provisions are, like regular FMLA, up to 12 weeks in a 12-month period. Military caregiver leave is up to 26 weeks in a 12-month period. It, it involves um, situations where the service member or in some situations a veteran um, discharged within the past five years is undergoing uh, treatment recuperation for a serious injury or illness. I'm not going to get into all the details of that. We don't really have time for it, and it's not the focus of today, but I wanted you to be aware that that is something that's covered by FMLA as well. Um, there are several really helpful fact sheets that are put out by the U.S. Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division. I'm going to have links to those in the digital guide, so you'll be able to access them. They're just really handy ways to reference the information that I've talked about today. And like I said, lots of people are really unfamiliar with the military leave provisions. So there's a pretty high likelihood that you may need to educate even your employer if this is something you need to take. So you need to be ready to have a conversation um, with your supervisor or your HR department. So it's good if you have these fact sheets handy. Um, you can reference them. You can give them a copy. So you're sort of educating them that this is something that's covered by the law. Um, this is something that you're entitled to, assuming it checks all the boxes. And, you know, maybe you're able to, to leave them better suited to deal with the next military spouse who comes along and needs to take advantage of these rights. I hope this has been really helpful. Um, and again, if you have specific questions, it's a good idea to reach out to an attorney in your particular state. But I hope this has given you a good overview and let you know of some rights that maybe you weren't aware of before. Have a great day and enjoy the rest of the presentations. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this playback from the 2021 Pillar Retreat inspires and encourages you as you count down to homecoming. We hope you'll join us again for this year's digital retreat for deployment countdowns by getting your free ticket at www.pillardeploymentretreat.com.